synchronicity, the law of attraction, manifestation, abundance, and psychedelics. I'm Brent Spirit, and today I'm sharing some very personal experiences to do with all of that. If you're interested in inviting the magic into your life, visit my website, brentspirit.com, and download Abundica, which includes my ebook, audiobook, and guided meditations all about manifesting abundance. It's all free. You're listening to The Spiritual Awakening Show, and we're about to go deep. Now, the other day, I sat down with David, and we got to talking about some of my earliest experiences of manifestation and synchronicity. So we're about to get into some pretty trippy stuff here. We share some really interesting experiences that some could consider to be just mere coincidences. They might be considered maybe a little spooky, maybe a little mystical, a little magical, maybe even a little miraculous. I'll let you be the judge of that. So keep in mind that this stuff that we're about to get into here, the stuff that we're about to share, barely scratches the surface of how incredible things can get once you enter into the flow. So let's get right into it. Here's David. For some people that might be listening in, like how did you get started in like your manifestation, synchronicities, like noticing that in your life? And is there a way to go about it? Like if somebody was trying to kind of experience more of these phenomenons in their own life, or is that just something that they're going to be called to on their own in their own way? Yeah, no, there's definitely uh, some active things that we can do to explore synchronicity and manifestation and miracles and the law of attraction and all of that. And that's actually what I did. So in the beginning of my journey, I was having little, little quote unquote coincidences and they started to happen at such a frequency that I started to take notice of them. And I started to say, you know what, there's got to be something more going on here. You know, I would see the same numbers over and over again. I would think about somebody and then they would call me. Different movies and things like that would have the exact message that I needed to hear to get through something that I was getting through in my own life and things like that. Yeah. And I started to take note of this, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, in the beginning, I was saying, you know, maybe I'm just forcing meaning upon things that have no meaning. Maybe it's my subconscious mind. Maybe I'm insane. <laughs> sure. But what happened was... I had read this book called My Big Toe, My Big Theory of Everything by uh, Thomas Campbell. Now, this book was all about creating your own reality with your belief system, becoming the master of your own life by harnessing the power of your consciousness. And now Tom Campbell, he approaches it from a completely scientific point of view. So he got into all this kind of stuff by being introduced into transcendental meditation and he's actually a physicist so he started to study having out-of-body experiences uh, from a very scientific point of view and that's what this book is all about it's a pretty hard read because it's so scientifically sound but it made it worth it because it really showed me that this stuff isn't just insanity and it inspired me to start practicing these ideas very actively in my life And uh, this book is like, it took me like a long time to read. It was really difficult read. And uh, then I was working at a restaurant and we hired this new guy 
him and I were just just washing dishes together. And then he he said like a specific term that was from this book. Like it just came up in passing in conversation. And I just stopped him and I said like, hey man, like where did you hear that term from? And he said, he just looked at me, he goes, um, this book called My Big Toe. And now this is a big book, like a huge book. It was really hard to get through. And I thought, you know what, man, like that's crazy because I read that book and I just finished it reading it like last month or something. And that moment triggered something in me that showed me that there's more going on here than just like uh, random shit. And if I had quit two weeks earlier, I would never would have met this guy. It seemed like the universe brought us together to wash these dishes just so we can have this conversation. And it... Was it like a paradigm shift for you at that point? Yes. Yeah. Because what I realized was if there is some sort of conspiracy, some sort of weird, trippy, magic stuff going on in life with these synchronicities and odd coincidences, if there's something going on, I would be a fool to not give it a genuine exploration to just pretend like mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, that's something that happens sometimes, but I'm going to go on with my life here, washing dishes and just doing the ordinary stuff. I thought I would be an absolute fool if I ignore this and don't look into it properly because if it's real, if these synchronicities are real, if the flow is real, if all of this magic and miracles, if this is actually a possibility, the implications of that would be so profoundly dramatic and transformative in my life mm-hmm. that I have to at least give this a good shot. Even if I spent like 10 years of my life exploring it and it turns out it was all bullshit, I think I would be okay with myself because at least I gave it a shot. Because if it was real, then that's life-changing, transformative. Like you become a, a wizard or some shit like that, <laughs> yeah. right? And so that's what I, I moved. I moved away. I quit the job. And I took it as an opportunity to move in um, with Martin just to explore this sort of stuff. So when I moved in with Martin, my my intention was solely to explore manifestation, the law of attraction, synchronicities, and all that kind of stuff. So I told Martin, I said, here's my budget. You find us a place. I'm not going to go look at places. I'm not shopping around. I'm going to trust that it's going to be the perfect place. I gave him my budget and I said, you go and you sign my name on the lease, like forge my signature on the lease because I'm not driving, you know, like an hour and a half um, for one signature. just to sign something, right? I'm just giving it all up to the universe. So Martin picked a place. He signed the lease. I move in. It's the perfect place. I love it. Everything is awesome. We were living in, uh, in Kitchener, Waterloo. Um, and that's when I just totally dedicated the next eight months or so to exploring manifestation and the synchronicity. And I had just like, not a lot of money, not at all, just like enough to like eat food and, and, you know, go out now and then and whatnot. But I took it as an opportunity to see what kind of abundance the universe could bring to me. So like I was saying, we moved into the perfect apartment, everything was going great. And I had this intention to really explore the synchronicity, really explore manifestation and the magic and the miracles. I really wanted to go deep and really take in all all that I could take in. And so it felt right to me that it was the right time to explore acid or LSD and to, you know, go down the rabbit hole and see what what's what's uh what all the hype was about. 
so I got my hands on some and uh, together Martin and I we dropped it in our apartment and uh, we had a fantastic trip amazing trip really transformational really insightful it was incredible so the next day I was, you know, reflecting on the trip and I was recalling it to one of my friends who's um, a bit of a psychedelic veteran, if you will. She's got a lot of experience. And so after I finished telling her about, you know, some of the things we had experienced and seen, she goes, hmm, you know, that doesn't really sound like, like a typical classic acid trip to me. And I'm thinking, you know, what do you mean? And she says, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really feel like, like what you're talking about is acid. And she's a very intuitive person. And so I, I trust her, her insight. And so I said, you know, like, uh, well, I, I took a colorful paper tab. The trip lasted eight to 10 hours, like, you know, like acid's supposed to last. The visuals I had were similar to what I perceived acid would be like based on what I'd heard other people describe. And, you know, it seemed like an acid trip to me, but she says, yeah, like there's a lot of things being sold lately as acid that aren't actually acid that have similar effects and similar properties, but, uh, some of them can be dangerous. And she says, lately, there's a common substance going around called two C. So number two, letter C that's being sold, uh, as acid. And she goes, well, what did, what did your tab taste like? And I tell her that it was the most bitter thing I've ever tasted in my life. And she says, oh yeah, definitely not acid then. Because real acid, real LSD has no taste. So then I'm thinking, holy shit, you know, that means I've taken some sort of mystery drug. That's dangerous. You know, that's what everybody says don't do. And that's exactly what I did. And now I'm feeling, you know, guilty. I'm feeling anxious. Because of, this is also what I, I given Martin. You know, I gave my friend a some sort of mystery drug. I told him it was one thing and apparently it wasn't and he trusted me and I felt really guilty and regretful and ashamed. And, you know, I was having anxiety about this because now I don't know what sort of, what sort of drug we had done. And this was really bothering me. You know, I really, really became concerned because, because very easily we, we could have both died and, you know, I felt really irresponsible about it. So I told Martin this regretfully, and he said, you know what, like, yeah, like, it's, it's a shame. We don't know what we did, but we had a good trip. You know, we didn't die. It was actually an amazing trip, and so it's all good. So for a few days, I still had a bit of anxiety. I still had this, you know, feeling of wanting to know what it was that we did. But eventually, I, I let it go. I said, you know what, we had a great trip. It was, it was awesome. We didn't have a bad experience Maybe we don't know what we did, but that's okay. We'll let it go and it's all good. So I relaxed. I let my anxiety go. And shortly after, like later that day, I was eating and then it hit me that our apartment number, our unit number was 2C, number two, letter C third unit on the second floor and it hit me that that 100% the answer to this mystery drug that we took that was so incredible was literally on my front door in big bold metal shiny letters 2c so that had answered my question 
And I was certain of it. That's what we did to see. And it was only after I had let go of the anxiety that the answer came to me. And it came to me in such a bold way that it really stunned me. It really stunned me. And that's something that, you know, I don't think I'll ever get over. It's one of the most incredible synchronicities that I've ever experienced. And that was, you know, one of the first to do with moving out there. And so this story gave me something to like hold on to, to contemplate repeatedly over and over again. It gave me something to really, really use as a tool on my journey. It was a big clue. It was a big hint. It was a big like invitation. It was like the universe was saying, yeah, we got more stuff like this for you. Just keep exploring. You're moving in the right direction. And so that was the first really big, big synchronicity that happened that really, you know, inspired me to keep going. And so you were asking about, you know, how can other people begin their journey to explore manifestation and synchronicity? Well, like really simple, really simple stuff. Nobody's saying you got to manifest like the lottery winning tomorrow, but like, can you manifest finding 10 cents on the ground? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You could, there's not a lot of resistance around that. So start there. Then when you find 10 cents, then it's like, okay, like maybe that was coincidence or maybe I did that in a co-creation with the universe then try a quarter, then try a dollar, then $2. And that's literally what I did. I didn't start for 10 cents. I had a little bit more faith than that, but I went. What can we value your faith at? <laughs> yeah, it was $2, literally okay. $2. Yeah. We went out to uh, a bar and the cover was $2. It was like Toonie Tuesday or something. Okay. So I give my Toonie, I go inside. And then when I leave the bar, I'm walking on the sidewalk and I found a Toonie. So I looked at it like, hey, I got into the bar for free. The universe nice. paid my cover. There you go. And I felt amazing about that. It was only a toonie, but I felt incredible about that because it was exactly what I needed. Now, see, if it was $5, it would have felt good. It would have felt like I got more money, but it wouldn't have been the exact amount of money that I had just spent a few hours before. And so it had a different type of flavor to it. It wasn't about how much. It was about the meaning that really like the universe was speaking to me. So I said, okay, that's cool. So then I was taking a bus to another city like a few days later or whatever. And I find uh, a bus pass, like a, a preloaded bus pass card called a Presto card. I found one of those on the sidewalk. Now, mind you, you might be thinking at this point, like I'm probably like looking all over the sidewalk for money and stuff. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm just, you know, looking around and I look down at the right time and there's what I need. So I pick up this bus pass and I don't know how much money is on this. It could be empty. I don't know. But anyway, I figured, you know, I might as well check the balance once I get to the bus stop. So I checked the balance. It's exactly the amount of money, about $9 and change that I need to take this bus ride to the next city. And then you go, I rode the bus mm -hmm. for free that day. And so then I'm thinking, okay, cool. Now like the universe is not only like taking me out to the bar. Now the universe is like chauffeuring me for free. Yeah. So then it was, then it was like yeah, $2 to $10. Then I was at the bar. I'm in line. I look over on the side, like on the, on the grass or whatever, and I see 20 bucks. So I pick up 20 bucks. Wow. Again, right? This is all in the span of that like eight months. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was like within the first like three weeks, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then it went on to like just keep getting more and more, uh, how can I put it, more and more lucrative, I could say, because my, my trust was, was really like starting to deepen and I was really like going crazy with this stuff. So then I found like the $20 there. 
So for me at the time, money was a big theme considering, you know, I didn't have any income. And also because I had slowly built up my trust, you know, just with finding $2, then then $5, then a bus pass, then, you know, more and more. Money became like a nice topic for me to play with. But I don't want to make it seem like it's just all about money. It's really not. You can apply living in the flow, using synchronicity, using manifestation to every dimension of your life. And you should. So, so for example, I was walking home from the grocery store one day and I was carrying like heavy groceries in these plastic bags. And, you know, they were like cutting up my hands a little bit. And I remember thinking, this isn't the end of the world, but, you know, if I can create my own reality, why don't I, I manifest a solution to this problem? Because winter's coming and I don't really want to be carrying heavy groceries in the cold. So that was just my, you know, my little contemplation as I'm walking home. And I let it go. No big deal. So later that night, um, I'm out at the bar again. Now, mind you, like this is a college town. So there's a lot of young people. There's a lot of nightlife. And going to the bar became like my little playground for where I was exploring all of this kind of stuff. So I'm in line there. And I'm just sort of, sort of shooting the shit with uh, some of the people in front of me. And one of the girls, her and I were just, you know, having some laughs, having some fun. And I can't remember exactly why, but she didn't believe me when I said that my name was Brent or she didn't believe that I was how old I said I was. So it gave me a reason to show her my ID. So I showed her my ID and I said, yeah, like it's all true. And she's looking at it. And then she looks up at me and goes, is your mom's name Sally? And I'm just like, yeah, who the hell are you? And she says, oh, like, I'm Lynn's daughter. Your mom and my mom are friends. So then I think, holy shit, you know, I heard about you like a while ago. And now here we are. We're, we're meeting in this, in this different city from, from our hometown. And so that night we became good friends. She introduced me to a bunch of her friends. And, you know, my social circle went from just being just a few people in a city that I had just moved to to growing like exponentially. And, and so I had like a nice little network of, of people to hang out with uh, that became like my core, my core friend group over there for that time, for the rest of the time that I was there. So it was a really awesome encounter, really awesome that we crossed paths there. So then when we're heading home, it turns out that she lives in the same building that I live in. And so from there on, you know, like we crossed paths quite a bit. We became really good friends. And a few days later, she sends me a text and she says, hey, like I'm going to the grocery store in a little bit. Uh, you can tag along if you want, if you need anything. So I'm like, oh, perfect. Yeah, like I need to go to the grocery store and she's going to drive in her car. And so I no longer have to carry these bags. So I had, you know, manifested a little solution there. From then on, you know, we would always go grocery shopping together and we'd hang out together and it was, it was, a, it was a good friendship. She also would offer to drive me back, back home to Brampton. So when she was going home, I'd tag along with her and, and hitch a ride, you know. And so it was a really awesome example for me about how it's not just about money. Like you can skip the money part. Abundance comes in so many ways in friendship in, in a ride, you know, so many different facets and dimensions for what abundance can be. It's not just about money, right? But let's get back to talking about money. One day 
I'm uh, I'm at this bar. I look down and there's literally a hundred dollar bill that like I'm I'm standing over. So I'm like, holy shit! Like I just found a hundred yeah. bucks, right? So, so then it's like I'm I'm like really like just tripping out about this. I found a hundred dollars, amazing, and then I found five bucks outside. Jeez. I found a toonie, and then I found a loonie. So it's a hundred and eight bucks. Yeah. Now, if you're familiar, or maybe you're not, a hundred hundred and eight is a very significant number, right? The mala beads that I wear I have a hundred and eight beads. There's a lot of synchronicity around the number 108, actually, right? Like, there's, like, a lot of astronomical synchronicity. Mm -hmm. I believe the distance between the Earth and the sun is 108 Earths, if not 108 suns. Like, the Earth can go around the sun 108 Mm -hmm. times. Like, 100 Earths will will wrap around the circumference of the sun. Um, Like, I might be butchering that. You could look it up. But there's a lot of trippy stuff around the number 108. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I found 108 bucks. So, that same day, uh, our friend Mike... And his friends were playing like a bar game, you know, like um, go and see if you can go get that girl's number. Go and see if you can uh, go dance with that girl. Go and, go and get a kiss from some girl without saying anything. This was the particular mm-hmm. challenge that they were on. Okay. I, I didn't really, uh, wasn't really want to play this kind of game, but I was just, you know, hanging out watching. So I see Mike, he now has this challenge, which is, you know, go and kiss a girl without saying anything to her. Mm-hmm. Not in like a creepy, like sexually assault her way, but it's like, like uh, connect with a girl. Yeah right like on the dance floor where you can't talk because it's mm-hmm. so loud that sort of thing so i'm looking at mike and he's standing around he doesn't really know what to do at this point he's kind of you know feeling it out or whatever he's literally just standing mm-hmm. there a girl comes up to him taps him on the shoulder yeah and then just points to her lips and they just start kissing Jeez. <laughs> and i was thinking you know player player <laughs> i I need money. And so the universe is bringing me money, yeah, yeah. right? That's what my intention is. Like, I, I just mm-hmm. want enough money to survive and stuff. Yeah. This guy's playing a game and he needs a girl to kiss him without saying anything. So yeah. the universe brings him that. And I'm thinking like, holy shit, like this stuff can work for anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we go home that night and I'm like showing him the money that I found. Yeah. And I'm telling him like, dude, like you were, you were supposed to meet a girl and kiss her without saying anything. And then that girl came up to you and just kissed you without saying anything. Like, that's amazing. Like, we're doing this shit with our minds, like our beliefs. Like, do you see what's happening here? Like, just by feeling a certain way, like, you can create that reality. And he just goes, bro, 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 you just got to be confident. (laughs) Just got to be confident. That's what the ladies like. They just like confidence, man. And, And he was right. Yeah, he's confident. But I was like, man, it's so much more than just, like, being confident. It's like, dude, like... You set out an intention and then you let it go with confidence. He was right. Definitely right. With confidence that it's going to come to you. And it came to him. He was drinking a little bit. So I don't think he understood (laughs) like the, uh, like what sort of nerdy spiritual insights I was trying to like hash out with him. Yeah. Right. So he summed it up with, you just got to be confident. But now when I, when I retell the story now, I realize like literally that's it. You just got to be confident, confident, whether it's with like the opposite sex or, or you know, you're trying to find a partner or whatever, or if you're confident that you're going to be supported financially, confident in your health, in your healing, confident that you're going to find a job or confident that things are going to work out for you. Yeah, yeah. It does. It really does. So from there, I just continue to explore this deeper and deeper and deeper. And this was chipping away at my ego because the ego is what resists, right? The mm-hmm. ego is what doubts. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not, I'm not supported enough to to be given, uh, you know, these opportunities or, or money or whatever it is. 
And then it came to a point where I did need a job, actually. I, I didn't have enough money. Like the universe mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, just giving me $100 every day. And I came off the bus one day and there's a dude like on the street and he's like canvassing, looking for people who want a job. So uh, I'm like, hey, like, what's up? Like, yeah, I could use a job because it's time, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. So he uh, he took my name down, whatever, gave me a call and said, hey, like, come in for an interview. And this was a job to be... Um, like a, a door-to-door canvasser collecting donations for um, Doctors Without Borders. Yeah, yeah. So they gave me a little script and they said, hey, like, you know, memorize this script and, and uh, you know, pitch it back to us and we'll go from there. Like that was the interview. So I mm-hmm. did that quickly and I pitched it back to them. They had some improv sort of games and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I did really well in this interview and they, and they liked me. So they took me onto their team and now I've got a job. And it's to go around collecting money door to door to help Doctors Without Borders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So now, like, I went from, you know, finding money on the ground. Now I was given context to, like, use my, my newfound skills of the law of attraction and manifestation and, and you know, creating abundance mm-hmm. to give back to, like, uh, you know, Doctors Without Borders and solve Ebola and whatnot. Yeah. Now, I'm not trying to sound like I'm a saint or anything. I'm just, this was how I was thinking collecting these donations is harder than you think so like in one day you may knock on like a hundred doors and you may just get one person to donate yeah but it's a monthly donation so it actually uh balances out and it's like yeah yeah it's profitable for for everyone involved yeah yeah Um, but if you just get one you're good yeah and like people that have been doing this for years they might get one some Mm -hmm. days they might get none yeah so it's not like a very common thing Mm -hmm. so i do a few uh like I'm shadowing one of the the girls there. Finally comes my turn to do like the mm-hmm. first door. So I knock on this door and it's all me. She's just standing mm-hmm. there just listening to see, you know, how I mm-hmm. pitch this guy or whatever. I knock on the door and I see he comes out with a band shirt. And this is a really obscure band that maybe has like a hundred fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? From like around Toronto, like a punk band. Yeah. And so I used to play in punk music, so I, I was familiar with them. So I said, hey, man, like, dude, I know that band. And he's like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. Like, so we just started chatting a little bit about mm-hmm. the music. And uh, obviously, you know, if you know anything about sales or whatnot, like I use that as an opportunity to build build some rapport. Yeah, yeah. And then when it came time, I said, hey, man, you know, like I'm here with uh, Doctors Without Borders. You want to just collect some donations? By that point, I'd already made friends with him. So he had, mm-hmm. to, he had to sign up. He had to donate. <laughs> and that was my first door that I had ever, you know, gone to yeah, yeah. by myself. Amazing. Then I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's beginner's luck or whatever. So I keep going. And this whole time, I'm just imagining, you know, I'm getting these donations. I'm, I'm high-fiving everybody in my mind about, like, you know, I'm, I'm doing a good job. This is awesome. I'm really, like, enjoying this job. And it's so cold, too. It's, like, minus 40. This is, like, one of those weeks where it was, like, so cold outside. So it made people, like, a little bit more wel- welcoming, I think, to, like, invite me in yeah. and stuff. A couple of days later, they told me, uh, okay, do this side of the street by myself so I'm, I'm walking down the side of the street and it's kind of dark so i come to the last house on this on this side of the street and for some reason i've got to go around the corner to get to their front door so i'm like hey that's weird but whatever i go in yeah i ring their doorbell really nice house and i remember i complimented her house because it was a really nice house <laughs> she opened the door right away she said oh doctors without borders come on in uh let me just go uh take care of the the food on the stove or whatever so she went out for a second and, and when when she was gone i noticed she had a magazine like about mindfulness or something like that so i just you know used that as an opportunity to to spark a conversation with her and we chatted a little bit about uh shenzhen young actually he was like a he's like a mindfulness teacher mm-hmm. so we connected on another sort of obscure topic together yeah. 
And she said, you know what, like my husband's actually a doctor. And so they, you know, they mm-hmm. respect Doctors Without Borders a lot. And so she gave me a nice big donation, a mm-hmm. uh, monthly donation or whatever. And when she goes to enter her, her address, like she's putting in her details, she enters her address. And I realized that she's not on the right street. Like they didn't tell me to go on this street. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not the street that I was supposed to be canvassing on. Yeah, it's yeah. not like a crime or anything. It just like, that's how my boss had managed out, you know, yeah. our roles for the day. And so she wrote in like a different address. So I'm thinking, well, shoot, like she wouldn't even have come to this house. And then I realized like, that's why I had to walk around the corner to her front door was because she wasn't even on the street yeah, right, yeah, that yeah. I was meant to go to. But for some reason, like, you know, being in the flow, I was drawn to this particular house and closed this deal. So from there, like I, it got so cold that I actually just stopped working there. I told them, look, I can't do this. Like it's so cold. But I learned a lot and my paycheck was exactly the amount of money that I needed to like cover my rent and kind of get by for the next little bit. Which was interesting because I told them straight up, you know, I can't do this job anymore. It's just too cold for me. It was like minus 30 to minus 40 for like the the couple weeks that I was working for them. And I just couldn't do it anymore. It was like really taking a toll in my body. And so I, that's why I left the job. Like a couple weeks later, I started to find my own rhythm doing some other stuff and they called me up and said, Hey, like, it's a little bit warmer now. We want to know if you want to come back to work with us. So I'm thinking, Hmm, this might be the, you know, the universe calling, asking me to come on another little adventure. So I said, all right, sure. So I showed up the next day. Turns out all day, it's like cold, not as cold as before, but now it's raining So it's all day, it's raining, I'm outside, and I'm thinking, why the hell did I come back to this? Like, the reason I left in the first place was because it was too cold. Now I'm back here, and it's raining, and I'm all, like, wet. I feel like I'm worse off than before. Like, what was the purpose behind, you know, this phone call? So as I'm, like, doing the shift, I decide that I'm going to tell them that I'm not coming back because the next few days are raining just the same. So I make the decision. And while I make that decision, I'm also still wondering that I'm like, well, what was the reason for them calling me back then? What was the bigger purpose? What, what's, the, what's the synchronicity behind all that? So I was wondering, you know what, like maybe I'll figure it out, but I've decided it feels right that I got to tell these people that I'm done, done working for them again. Unfortunate, but that's how I felt and that's what I did. So I'm leaving the shift. I'm going home catching the bus. It's cold. It's still raining. And I see the bus at the bus stop. So I'm running towards this bus to get on. And I'm like 10 feet away and this bus just leaves. So then I sit down in the bus stop there, waiting for the next one. And one of my coworkers or, you know, former coworkers at that point, sits down next to me and it's uh she's uh she was a girl that was just hired during the period that I wasn't working there and so she was new and I didn't really get to connect with her at all so we get to talking a little bit we're chatting and it turns out that she's into all the spiritual mindfulness meditation psychedelic kind of stuff just like me and then I realized oh okay the reason that they called me in today to work this one shift in the rain And the reason that I missed the bus by literally 10 feet or like two seconds was just so I could meet you or meet her. I think I definitely actually just broke that whole thing down for her 
there and then at the bus stop, I just told her like, yo, I wasn't sure why they called me back. Now I know it was to meet you. It was to connect with you. So we started talking about like Alan Watts and, and Terrence McKenna and psychedelics and Zen and all this like pretty cool trippy stuff. We met up for a coffee later on. We exchanged some books and stuff. It was a good little uh, encounter that we had where we crossed paths. It was nothing romantic. She she had a boyfriend, but at the time I was single and I was also on the search for that the right one, the right person that I would connect with. And it was little encounters like this with girls like her that was sort of hinting at me that I was on the right track to keep going. I was moving towards you know the right the right girl, the right woman. And over time, I eventually did end up, you know, connecting with the right person, my girlfriend, Kat. How I came to that final point where I am today was a long meandering journey as well with a lot more, you know, different crazy synchronicities as well that, you know, I probably won't get into today. But once again, the flow was revealing to me that it's so much more than just money. It's about the connections, the relationships, the conversations, the friendships, the stories as well, which is a big part of my personal fascination with all of this. I love the stories. That's why I love, I love telling these stories as well. The stories are really special to me. And, you know, I love, love, love the way that my life unfolds just like a, a blockbuster movie in a way because of the story element that comes along with all of these manifestations and synchronicity and whatnot. So just like how I began my journey moving out there to this new city with the fantastic story and synchronicity surrounding our apartment and 2C, we also ended up ending my journey there in Kitchener-Waterloo with another fantastic little story that brought it all together that really gave it that sort of blockbuster element, if you will. So it came time for me to move back home, back to Brampton. Martin was going to stay in the city, but he had to find a new place because our lease was up. And our other roommate, Ricky, who Martin and I connected with really deeply over the, the eight months that we lived together, we had a lot of great conversations together we had a lot of like breakthroughs and insights and really deep deep contemplations martin and i actually introduced ricky to meditation and he began meditating and had some really far out transformative experiences so we all connected really well but it was time for us to move on so like i said i was going to go home martin was going to find a new place ricky was going to find a new place in the city as well and when it came time to move out, Martin said to me, he said, Hey, you know, I'm going to miss you, man. And I said, yeah, I'm going to miss you too. But you and Ricky are still going to be in the same city. There's not going to be a lot of people here over the summer because it's a college town. So everyone's going to be going back home. So you guys have to do each other a favor and stay in touch, continue to hang out, continue to have these conversations, you know, don't lose momentum on the, on the connection you guys have built. And he goes, Oh yeah, for sure. You know, we're definitely going to stay in touch. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Ricky's my boy. We may not be living together anymore, but we're definitely going to gonna continue this journey of the exploration of all this crazy stuff together. So anyway, I moved back. Everyone moves out. A few days later, I'm chatting with Martin on the phone and I'm asking him about how his new apartment is. And he says it's not bad at all. 
I'm asking him about, you know, his roommates. And he says, yeah, he hasn't hasn't met any of his roommates yet. He's seen their stuff. He knows they've moved in, but because of their schedules, they haven't crossed paths yet. So I'm thinking, okay, yeah, that's cool, whatever. A few days later, Martin calls me up again and he says, hey, man, guess who my roommate is? And I'm like, you know, who's your roommate? And he says, my roommate's Ricky. And I'm blown away. So Martin found this this place being subletted. He found it on Facebook. Ricky found the same place on Kijiji. In that college town during the summer, there are thousands of vacant rooms because all the students go back home. The chances of these two guys subletting rooms in the same unit are astronomically low. And yet the universe still brought them together to be roommates once again without having them talk about it. They did not talk about this whatsoever. And yet they still were attracted to the same place once again. And I thought this was so incredible. Really, really so incredible. Out of thousands of places, they found each other again in the same place. It sounds like a little love story, but, you know, they're just friends. Anyway, they invited me over a couple weeks later to visit them in their new place. So I came by, and when I'm uh, down in the lobby, I call up Martin and I say, Hey, like, what's your unit number? I'm, I'm at the lobby, like, I'm going to come in. And he goes, it's 203. And then it hits me. 203, that's the third unit on the second floor. Just like our previous apartment, 2C, third unit on the second floor. And it was like I heard the universe laughing, saying, yeah, you like that, eh? Yeah, I pulled that off again for you. And it was nothing. It was effortless. I am infinite intelligence. I can orchestrate anything for you. I'll bend over backwards just to make you smile a little bit. And in that moment, I sent out a message to the universe. I said, I want to play on your team. I want to be supported by your intelligence. It was around this time that I really, really became grounded in the understanding that I'm supported that it's all going to work out. I understood that, yeah, I've got doubt, I've got resistance, and that'll be cleared up, and there'll be, I'll be given context to clear mm-hmm. that up. But I'm really just going to never forget this part of my life where mm-hmm. I crossed the line, and I said, I'm going to really explore this. Yeah, yeah. And that was my intention. I said, I want to explore this to find out whether there's something to this or not. And for me, myself... I concluded that there really is, and I've never, never strayed away from that. Yeah. Doubt may arise now and then. I wouldn't even call it doubt anymore. It's more forgetting. It's like in the moment, like say like I got in a car accident. Oh, I'll forget. I'll forget that I'm supported. I'll be like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I'll remember like, oh no, wait, 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 hold on. And I'll, re- I'll recall one of those previous experiences that I have, and I've got thousands. I'll recall one of them, and I'll be like, okay, you know what? Whatever took care of me at that point in the past, whatever brought me to the right house at the right time, whatever gave me that job, whatever put $100 in my, in my face, that's going to take care of the situation right now. 
and it always does. Yeah, yeah. Right? It always does. So at this point, it's like, yeah, there's doubt. I'm not trying to say that I'm I'm flawlessly manifesting every day. There's doubt that may arise, but I would call it more of like forgetfulness that's brought up by certain context. And that context, its purpose is to surface and trigger all of my resistance and doubt to exhaust it out of my system so that I can further establish myself in this deeper and deeper trust and surrender and flow, which makes me a better co-creator, which brings more, you know, peace and joy and in, mm-hmm. into my life. Word up, word up. Just to go off this and to maybe plug in our project a little bit, Abundica. There's some crazy stuff that happened to us when we were creating Abundica, which is basically a compilation of ebooks and audio tapes to help people tune in to this kind of frequency of manifesting things that you want into your life so if you want to talk about that like the crazy stuff one was with a microphone one was with uh, martin and the other one i can't remember yeah yeah so um we've written about this in abundica itself so abundica is like the ebook that we've put together all about these ideas of manifestation the law of attraction synchronicity and while we were putting that together we actually had some pretty cool synchronicities it was with me man the other one was my synchronicity yeah yeah Yeah, i remember that (laughs) yeah so so we have there's more but i think in the book we mentioned three so we could start with yours actually yeah so i'll I'll explain that um as uh we were recording the ebook brent was doing his thing i had the microphone rolling and i quickly went on my shopify app because i'm running another online business and during that recording process, as Brent was speaking, uh, I noticed that I received my biggest sale ever in the history of my business, and it's been like two and a half years. So yeah, that was a crazy manifestation right there, or synchronicity, because we were working on uh, the book on uh, how to manifest things, right? So that was pretty wild. And the second one... David, you had actually like had your eye on a particular mic, right? Um, Dave is the producer and the mic that you were looking at is like upwards of like four or five hundred yeah, dollars. Yeah. Right? So that was a little bit out of our budget. Uh, not even a little bit, like it was very out of our budget. But we had the intention to put out high quality content, right? High yeah. quality audio, high quality messages, want to give the value. And we were visiting Lawrence and he pulls out that mic and he says, yeah, like I got up this mic right here. Yeah, yeah. And it was exactly that mic that I was looking at uh, getting. Right. So, so he says, yeah, you guys could definitely borrow it. He's a really good friend of ours. So he lent it out to us. And that's the one I'm speaking into right now. So the universe, once again, provided exactly what we needed. Yeah. Right. And it's not like we wanted a, it wasn't a selfish thing. Right. I think that's, that's also very important as well, is that we're not overly like unnecessarily selfish with our manifestations. Yeah. Not to say that we can't enjoy nice things. Right. Like it's nice to go on vacation. It's not a selfish thing. But it's not like you wanted like like jewelry for no reason, right? Yeah. Like you just wanted a $500 mic to put out good content, yeah. right? Not to even show off and show everybody, hey, look at my mic. It is for quality, to give back something, right? Yeah. And I think that's why also when I was doing that work going door to door, like it was the same idea. Like I wanted to give back while also getting something for myself in the yeah. same way. And I think that also may have a big part in whether or not your your manifestations are successful or not because if you're like hey i want to wake up today and i just want a new pair of shoes so i can like stunt on that guy that i don't like yeah yeah it's not going to happen as easily as if you're like you know what today i want 
I want to have an opportunity to give value back in some way or another. Yeah, yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. Or even if it's for about your, if it's about yourself, it's like today I want to get like enough money or an mm-hmm. opportunity so I can buy like the healthiest food for yeah, myself. Yeah. That's gonna come to you a lot easier than if it's like I want just get some nice like new clothes to add to my collection some jordans yeah right it's it's different it comes from a different place yeah a different place and i think the universe supports that as well if you're also willing to keep the abundance flowing yeah yeah right giving back what's coming to you giving it back giving it back yeah always sometimes i want to touch on one point um for me when i was exploring the topic of manifestation sometimes i didn't realize that what i was really seeking is manifestation of a certain feeling And that's kind of, I think, the root of all of this. Like we want money to feel secure. And by feeling that security first, kind of I've had that instant manifestation, that feeling came in and then the whatever money came in after. So a lot of times we forget, like we think about like, oh, I want a certain experience or something, but we forget that that feeling that you get when you're thinking about that certain experience is already a manifestation and you're just you're just getting the ball rolling at that point right so and then we had a third one the third manifestation during this recording process and the recording process was only this is within like a week time span right yeah from the mic to my biggest sale and the third one was uh martin finding a nice 50 dollar bill (laughs) at the gas station as he was uh driving home from wrapping up this uh ebook session right so i think if it was even five dollars we would have still included it in the book yeah I think so. As when I was writing it, I feel like it was still pretty cool, but it was 50 bucks, right? Which is like some people don't find 50 bucks at all in their lifetime. So to say you found, I've never found $50. I found 20 bucks, but you found 100. Yeah. Know someone that found 50. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I hope that you enjoyed listening to our ramblings about some of our personal experiences of abundance and manifestation and synchronicity. And I just want to remind you here that this is just barely scratching the surface of what's possible. So if you're ready now to invite synchronicity into your life, if you're ready to take your manifestation game up to the next level, if you're ready to relax and surrender even deeper into the flow, then you're going to want to check out Abundica. It's available on my website for free, brentspirit.com. If you like it, if you have any interesting experiences after reading it, after engaging in the practices, Reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. Info at brentspirit.com is my email address. My inbox is open. If you've got any questions about anything to do with spirituality, even beyond the law of attraction, manifestation, and abundance, reach out to me. I'll bring forth a response for you. Be sure to find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And do your friend a favor and share this podcast with them. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Brent. And I'm signing off. Peace.